Welcome back to episode number 236 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. This is a podcast for building a global community around process safety, entries handling combustible dust. I'm your show host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we are doing another safety share. This one is on a loader fire escalation incident. So we've done a number of these safety share episodes in the past covering flash fires during furnace blowdown, explosion at a wood pellet receiving port, wood hogger fires, deflagrations at sawmills, can combustible dust explode in a freezer, controlling the hazards, not removal of the hazard, and testing of high-speed abort gates. So if you're interested in any of these topics that we covered in safety shares in the past, you can go to the show notes for this episode at dustsafetyscience.com slash 236. We'll have links to all those episodes there. So in today's episode, we are talking about this loader fire escalation incident. And this is a manufacturing safety alert that was released by the BC4 Safety Council and the Manufacturing Advisory Group in British Columbia. About this incident, they talked about the cause of the incident, recommended actions all around this loader fire that escalated very rapidly. We will also include in the show notes a link to download the PDF of the manufacturing safety alert, where you can view all the safety alerts released by BC4 Safety Council and where you can subscribe to get these safety alerts in your inbox. I'd highly recommend this. this. These are very, very useful documents. They cover everything from hot work to pinched you know, employees to cuts to fires and explosion observations. They're just really helpful. And they're nice, actually, format. They're one-page PDF. You can print them. You can put them on a bulletin board at your job site. You can share them with your safety team. There's really nice consumable documents to share these types of lessons learned from these safety alerts that come through. If you have any safety share you'd like to have highlighted on the podcast that isn't covered by you know the province of British Columbia and BC4 Safety Council, send that through. We would like to actually start trying to mimic the creation of these excellent documents, these one-page formats, these one-page summaries of the safety shares. So if anything you'd like to see shared on the podcast, send that through. You can email myself at chris at dustsafetyscience.com with the information. We'll collect that and put in the safety share format and release it out to the community that way. Try to keep generating these lessons learned, keep learning as a community about the hazards from combustible dust. So then turning our attention to this specific loader fire, what happened? So the loader in this case, the loader operator, was gathering reject logs at the reject bin at a wood processing site. They smelt smoke and they looked behind them on the loader and saw a smoldering fire, and they called a spark in the, in the description, but um, some type of, of live fire combustion event. That was quite small. So it was reported that the loader operator stopped as a smolder. He radioed the mill and he headed to the fire pump hose to hose down the equipment. Before they got to the pump hose, large amounts of smoke billowed from the back of the loader and developed into a very uh, large full fire. Loader was parked away from structures to wait for the fire department to arrive. There was no one hurt in this incident, but the loader sustained massive damage. So what was the cause in this case? So it doesn't specifically say the role that combustible dust may have played, although it talks about combustible dust a lot in the recommendations. It does say that the fire investigator concluded that a hydraulic leak occurred, was ignited by the loader's turbo, intensified rapidly by the reverse fan in the system, which is why this so rapidly escalated into a full-scale fire. So there's four recommendations made on this safety alert. And I'll just read these right from the document because they're really useful. So number one, if you suspect a fire, immediately park in the nearest safe spot and turn off the vehicle. Only attempt to extinguish the fire if it's a small incipient fire. 
Suggested action number two is consider developing safe procedures for mobile equipment blowdown. Items to be considered are frequency of blowdown and minimizing the potential for a wood dust explosion. Recommendation number three is if mobile equipment is used in dusty areas, consider blowing out the engine compartment at four-hour intervals or at intervals to keep the compartment clean of combustibles. And then number four is that mobile equipment pre-use inspection should include a visual check of the engine compartment for buildup of combustibles as well. So you see all these recommendations around combustible dust. It does talk about hydraulic leak being the cause of this incident. Um, it's unclear. You know, you could you could kind of see how heating up due to hot surface ignition could cause smoldering and dust buildup in the equipment, which could then you know melt the hydraulic line, and that could be the case where you had this rapid escalation as well. So there's lots of scenarios here where that could involve combustible dust that are really important to consider. These are the recommendations are from the safety share centered around these these understanding of combustible dust and also response to fires. So I want to talk about three other takeaways from this safety share. So the first is these knock-on hazards and just being aware when you're thinking about your hazard analysis. So in this case, like as I mentioned, you could have a smoldering fire that ruptures the hydraulic hose, which causes a leak, which then causes that fire to very rapidly escalate. So you want to kind of think about these knock-on effects of a fire or explosion event, what they cause at your facility. If they're going to knock out sprinkler systems, if they're going to knock out power systems, then how is your response as a company going to be hindered by that? And what other considerations should be taken there? So that's one of the other takeaways here. You know, be aware of these knock-on effects. Number two, and they've mentioned this in the recommendations, park an active fire away from structures. This may seem obvious, but even when you think you can easily extinguish it or it's not going to be an issue or not be a problem, just do the smart thing and get it away from other structures and then get out of the, the vehicle quickly so that you can respond in a manner that's not going to cause an escalation. Basically, yeah, if you think that you're going to be able to extinguish it, still keep it away from structures so you don't have other structures get involved in that incident once it happens. Uh, and then the other takeaway, the third takeaway I want to mention here is consider response to fires at your site beforehand. The framework we use here is identify, respond, and recover. And you want to really be clear on how you're going to tackle each of these areas. How do employees identify a fire combustion event that's occurring? How do they respond to it? What are the rules that they need to follow? And how do they recover at the end of the day? Once the fire is cleared, how do you get back to normal work? So for example, under identifying, you know, training is really important here. Recognizing a fire, recognizing the possible knock-on effects, not doing blowdown in the vicinity of a fire because that can be a big issue. And we talked about that last week not last week, but the last time we did a safety share on this flash fire during a furnace blowdown. That was episode 227 of the podcast. You really want to have clear understanding of the times when an act of fire could rapidly escalate into a deflagration. This all comes down to identifying the hazards and understanding what they are here. And the reason is that this is a big contributor. I'd say at least half of the instances that we see that cause injuries and loss of life in the incident database are in response to a fire, a combustion, a smoldering event, escalating very rapidly into a deflagration event, which is important to identify beforehand. If you're going to go clean off this loader, even with a water hose, you can still disperse that dust enough to cause a deflagration. We need to know that beforehand. That ties into the second piece. So identify and then respond. You need to have the rules written down, documented, and then understood and then test the understanding. So it's, you know, if this, then that, otherwise do this. These type of rules really need to be formalized. You really need a definition of incipient fire. 
And because if you don't, people are going to use that definition of, do you think you can handle it? We had a fire, uh, the town I grew up two years ago at a plastic plant. And I went home and talked to one of my friends who was involved in the fire and did the firefighting effort. And he bragged that they used 20 fire extinguishers to put this thing out. And that, you know, he was involved in how kind of was treated like a hero for, for helping. And I'm just like, that's just not good. <laughs> after, after number one, there should be a rule that you're no longer allowed to fight that fire. So yeah, there's if this, then that definition of incipient fire. Some cases, this definition might be a fire that's as big or smaller than when it started. If it's growing, really the employees shouldn't be in there tackling it is at least, I guess, a personal thought process that you're going to have to look at your site and see if that makes sense. But you want to have a definition of incipient. If you're just going to say only tackle it when it's incipient fire, then that's not going to be good enough because that's what the employee is going to look at is do they think they can handle it? And that's not a great assessment to be making in the moment. Things like what type of clothing should be worn when tackling fires. And you don't have to look any further than the video of the firefighters in Abster, BC, trying to stop the silo fire there. Just, you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google Abbotsford firefighter dust explosion. And I'm sure you'll find that video. If they had not have been wearing fire retardant gear or fire resistive gear, more full turnout gear, even as, as firefighters, they would have been very injured in that explosion. So you don't want workers without gear on tackling these sort of events. And you want to be very strict on what type of clothing that must be worn. And last point, if you're unsure at any point and you should tell your employees this, don't fight it. <laughs> if you can't remember the if this, then that rule procedure for fighting a fire, don't fight it. If you're nervous, if you're scared, if you don't want to fight the fire, don't fight it. Because if you haven't, if you don't tell people that right away and make that a part of your culture, then you can have someone hesitating while they're fighting the fire and that can cause things to be even worse as well. That's all around number two of response. So you have identify, response, and recover. And the third point and the last one I leave off on is that you need a procedure for recovering from a fire event. What is a startup procedure? We've seen too many cases where an explosion and deflagration happens when pneumatic conveying start up after a smoldering mass is cleared out or employees are... We talked about this is the hogger explosion, the hogger deflagration we talked about on the podcast before back in episode 190 in a safety share there where I think they were using a pry bar to try to get to the hogger, had smolder, and that caused a deflagration. There's a lot of these cases where recovery after cleaning up a fire is when you have that explosion happen. So you really need to recognize that this should be an area of, it is an area of heightened risk. And should be an area where there's still a sense of vulnerability felt that things are not running normally, quote unquote, until the system's back up and running normally because you have a high risk application of getting started again after a fire. So that's it for this episode. We covered what happened in this loader fire escalation incident where you can get all the resources and downloads that, that those at the cause of the fire and the escalation event recommendations from the safety alert, and three other takeaways as well. Be aware of the knock-on effects of these type of hazards. Park an active fire away from structures or active mobile fire away from structures. And consider response to fires at your site. Really think through, identify, respond, and recover how you tackle those at your site and make sure that your team knows what those rules are and requirements so you keep people safe from these type of accidents. So that's it for this week. As always, I want to say thank you for listening to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. Hope you have a safe, productive week ahead. I appreciate everything you're doing. Interest handling combustible dust. Make it safer with the work you do with there every day. Keep it up. 